Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Call free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us on this afternoon as we talk Southern Miss sports. Golf coach Lucy Nunn will be joining us here momentarily. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation. Also scheduled on the show today. Lots to talk about. Some big-name recruits showing up at the Florida Atlantic. Uh, we'll tell you about that a little later in the show as well. All right. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and Southern Miss Sports. You can enjoy their delicious food, and it is delicious. Seven days a week, drive through, take home, home delivery, or you can dine in their dining room. However you choose to enjoy Dickie's, Heck, just enjoy it. Dickie's Barbecue Pit, and we thank them for their support of the Eagle Hour. All right, we're going to talk a little golf to start the show off today. Lucy Dunn, of course, is the golf coach uh, for USM uh, Women's Golf at Southern Miss. And uh, Coach Dunn, good to have you back. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Oh, it's our pleasure. So I'm going to assume that the collegiate sport of golf has been knocked flat of its back uh, like every other sport by COVID-19. Tell us what your guys uh, can and can't do right now, Coach. So, you know, we were we were shut down in March from traveling, so our season ended really early after we went to Tulane's event in February and felt like we were on a high. So, um, And then, you know, we're just waiting for everything to pick back up this fall, uh, see where we are in terms of traveling for tournaments. But for me, um, I haven't been able to recruit this summer. We've had a recruiting band, so we can't go out and watch players play. can you know, talk to them on the phone, send some emails obviously scour the internet for scores, but it's been been kind of a calm summer. I've actually got to play a lot of golf myself, which has been kind of nice. There you go. Well, golf, unlike football, is not obviously a contact sport. And it would seem to me that you can social distance in golf and uh, keep your athletes uh, relatively safe. But I guess there, there, are other, there are other complications other than when they're just on the course. Am I correct? For sure. You know, it's, it's the traveling and, you know, to and from places. You know, some places are – you know, handling quarantining and the social distancing a little bit different than others. So it's just it's a it's a mixed bag of, of what you're going to get. So we talk every day about uh, it, it. Just seems to be more and more apparent that there's going to be very at the best much reduced college football, maybe no college football. Who really knows? What do you think is going to happen in collegiate golf this fall? You know, I think if if football gets up and running, I think I think we're going to be fine. Um, you know, and again, our our sport is so different to a lot of other collegiate sports because we don't have a, a a conference only schedule. You know, the only time we ever see everybody in our conference is it's at our conference championship in April. Um, so there's a lot of you know moving factors to to be involved with that. But you know, we're right now operating under the assumption that once school starts, practice will start, and tournaments for us will start end of September, and we'll we'll see what happens between now and then. Luke, Coach Nunn's had a lot of time to play golf this summer. She would crush you. 
<laughs> uh, absolutely. Probably, uh, yeah, I, I can't even – I could remember when I was hitting uh, close to 300-yard drives, Coach, um, but that was when I was in the Southern Miss Strength and Conditioning Program. So uh, <laughs> mine goes 300 yards to, to the right. But for you, you that is – let's talk about that for a minute. That is a, a treat. Uh, you don't get to play – that much you're you're coaching that much has some of that Arkansas Razorback secret sauce come back to you the last few months a little bit which has been really frustrating um you know because I played professionally for a little bit and it's like man if I wish I knew what I knew now then um you know career path might have been a little bit different but it's been nice my husband's a, a golf coach as well so there's way too many coaches in the house right now so we've taken to getting out on the golf course and <laughs> trying to help each other out and a little competitive as well I know you've been proud of some of your ladies, uh, outgoing senior Valentina Hopp, first Golden Eagle in history to qualify for an LPGA tournament next year. Julie Baker uh, wins the Alabama Amateur State Championship. Uh, I know you haven't been able to coach them as you would, but how cool is it that those two ladies specifically have uh, have excelled in, in those ways? It's awesome. You know, Val ended um, you know her career here, you know, well within our record books and had a really good finishing at our conference championship and, um, you know, struggled a little bit going to, to Q school after she turned pro and, you know, had a full season set of playing. Uh, there's a tour called the WAPT um, that the ladies can play in and, you know, without being shut down. So this is her you know first real opportunity getting back and in, literally in the swing of things. And for her to step up and, and play as well as she did was, was fantastic. And I'm excited to, you know, hopefully have the opportunity to go up and cheer her on in Ohio uh, next summer. And then, Julie Baker, you know, she's been been very very steady for us and has, you know, come a long ways and for her to, you know, really get that win, I think one, you know, boost the conviction in herself that she she is a good player and then two, I think just being able to ride that into her senior year is gonna be huge. Coach, you said that you hadn't been able to recruit uh this summer. How how much does that set a program back? Uh and uh, kind of give us a description of, of how overall your program has been affected by uh, all, all of this COVID-19 problem? You know, I think it's a little bit of a blessing in disguise because for me in recruiting, it's about people and getting to know people and making sure that those relationships are really established. So not being able to go watch players play has forced me to find, you know, other means, Zoom calls, FaceTime, uh, a lot more text messages, emails, just, you know, upping my communication. Um, so I think that's been huge. It's, it's obviously hard not being able to, to watch a player actually swing and just relying on videos. But I know once this is all said and done, you know, that just gives me, I think, a leg up to kind of narrow down that list of, you know, who I've been talking to to be able to really focus on that. You know, I think for, you know, lasting impacts on on recruiting, we don't know what that's going to look like uh, just yet. So it's just you have to keep options open and keep your nose to the grind. And recruiting really never stops, regardless of sport. You're constantly doing something for this class, the next class, and future classes. Right, and every coach has the same handicap they're dealing with, correct? For sure, yeah. Yeah, have you got have you had a chance to talk to any other college coaches and and, and get their feel for how all of this has affected their programs and the and the sport in general? You know, it's it's been a lot of the same. A lot of them have taken to you know playing a little bit more golf to way more home projects than they thought were possible to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, knock on wood for us, it's. Like you said, we're we're all in that same boat, and it's just the unknown factor right now. So luckily, we're all kind of dealing, you know, with with it a, a day at a time, if you will. So if you teed it up against a guy like Luke, how often do you play golf, Luke? Not enough. I, I guess that's the answer <laughs> that anybody should say, right, Coach? 
<laughs> that, that is that is a very good answer. All right, now we know you're a humble lady, Coach, but but how many strokes will you figure on each day you'd beat a guy like Luke by? Oh man, see, I'm gonna I'm, I'm at a little bit of a handicap because I'm also like nine months pregnant, so I think oh. he could get me right now. <laughs> He may get you right now, yeah. Here's your chance, Luke. Uh, no. So that, yeah, they're, they're, number one, you're, you played professional. Number two, I'm a novice. Number three, I would never beat a pregnant lady in golf, especially when she's a professional. So it, you, you at your weakest could still take me out, Coach, for, for, for sure. Um, hey, any time you want to come out, you're more than welcome. Oh, I, I will take you up for it for sure. You go back to recruiting. Um, you look at your roster. Uh, Val's one of those girls who was international. That's rough, roughly 70, 65, 70% of your, um, you know, roster is international. We got some, uh, girls from Wales, got some, a girl from England, Thailand. We, I'm not trying to make light of it. You said you're, you're recruit, but you're not flying around to all those places. So in golf recruiting, specifically when you're recruiting international players, how does the NCAA limit international recruiting? It, it really doesn't. I mean, it's one of those, it's more, you know, what is your budget? Can you get over and, uh, you know, watch those players play? And luckily for us, you know, here in America, we have a lot of really big tournaments that we host, whether it's USGA, uh, the, um, gosh, I think it's the IMG Junior World out in San Diego. So a lot of those players, come over here so we get that opportunity. But I'm not by any means opposed to, to traveling over to Europe or haven't been to Thailand yet. Um, <laughs> she keeps inviting me to go, and I'm going to take her up on it one day. But it's just one of those that it's, you know, you, you make these connections with, you know, former players. They're like, hey, I know so-and-so. Keep an eye on this. Or, you know, national uh, coaches that they have. And it just, everything just kind of, you know, develops from there. Right. Well, Coach, we appreciate you being on. When's the baby due? Right now, holding first, holding strong at August first, but we're hoping any any day now. Any minute it could be right. Wow. Yeah. Well, we got through the first segment without that happening, Coach. So we're <laughs> we're kind of relieved about that. Uh, boy or girl? Girl. So Good. class of was it twenty thirty eight? Looking very strong right now. <laughs> well, congratulations to you and your husband, and uh, we hope everything is great for you. We know it will be, and uh, we thank you. We thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. No, really appreciate you guys and. Appreciate what you're doing for Southern Miss Sports. All right, Coach. Thanks a lot. Lucy Nunn, everybody, who is the golf coach, uh, ladies' golf coach uh, at Southern Miss. Nine months pregnant. It could still take me or Luke Johnson down on the fairway. No question. Did you I, really? just, I just want to drive her around. I'll, I'll just be the, the cart driver and right. occasionally hit it. But Did you really hit a ball 300 yards? There's a rumor out there that it went further than that on many occasions. Just a just an urban legend, though. How about that? All right, Heath Hinton has been out of commission a little while. He owns Big Gold Nation. We're happy to say he's back. Happy to say he's next on the Eagle Hour. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank golf coach Lucy Nunn for joining us in the first segment. Delightful young lady. Great interview with Coach Nunn. Congratulations 
to her and her husband, uh, another really good coach here at Southern Miss. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour, and we certainly do appreciate them. You can now shop again in their store on Hardy Street. Uh, they're open Monday through Saturday with safe shopping available. You can also, if you prefer to stay online, you can do it at CampusBookmart.net. And uh, we appreciate uh, their support uh, of the Eagle Hour and, of course, Southern Miss Athletics. All right, uh, so it's a Tuesday afternoon. We haven't had this guy on the show in a while. Heath Hinton is the owner of Big Gold Nation, of course, which is the uh, website that uh, keeps up with all things Southern Miss. Heath has overcome some health issues here in the last few months. Heath, we're glad that you're back. Uh, give you an opportunity to uh, to say what you might uh, want to say to our listeners about where you've been. And the uh, most important thing is, is you're back and you're doing good, and, and we're glad to have you on the Eagle Hour. Well, Bob, I appreciate it, Luke. Thanks so much. Um, you know, I, I had uh, my left leg amputated below the knee uh, for health reasons had to be done. And, uh, you know, it, it's taking time to get back. Uh, tell you what, uh, the Southern Miss community was incredible. The coaches, everybody at the school, people calling, praying, uh, friends set up a GoFundMe uh just the amount of fans at Southern Miss, how gracious they were through all this. Um, people on Big Old Nation, how great they've been through it. Uh, you know, one big thing I want to thank on here is Luke Johnson. Uh, for everybody don't know, Luke's done so much for me to help me out and do so many different things. I wouldn't have made it after coming home without Luke and a lot of reasons. So uh do want to say thanks to Luke on here because, uh, man, he he's not only a guy that – he talks and talks, he walks and walks too, and he's he's got a servant's heart, and uh, it's been great. Uh, but yeah, Bob, everybody is, I'm doing so much better now. I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready for some sports. We need, uh, I wrote an article the other day, <laughs> why we need college football back, and man, do we need some college sports and sports back now more than ever. Well, Heath, I'm going to tell you, I, I agree with you, but, uh, you know, the trends are not in that direction. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like uh, it looks like uh, all of it looks like before it's all said and done, all the big conferences are going to go to are going to go to a conference only games. And uh, I was looking this morning to get 40 power five programs. They have 49 games that they reference as by games. And what that is, of course, is they play. Uh, they play schools outside of the Power Five and give them big, big paychecks uh, for doing that. Sixty-five million dollars stands to be lost by uh, the Group of Five schools uh, if all the Big Five go along with the conference-only games. How do the small schools overcome those kind of losses, Heath? I don't have a clue to be honest with you because it, there's no. This is so unprecedented. There's nothing we can look back on and try to figure out a formula of how you, the the group of five schools will survive because schools like a Southern Miss they need that one half million or two million dollars you get from Auburn the, the money you get from Mississippi State playing them that helps in the year your school budget a year it helps pretty much pay for a lot of stuff that happens in football um, I don't honestly know how they're going to recoup the money. Season ticket sales, uh, it's not just season tickets, but it's regular ticket sales that help every week. 
Uh, yeah, they might be able to get the season ticket holders in the stands if they social distance them. I mean, if you do that in the Rock, you can get 10-6 in there. With the band and students, that's probably, uh, and season ticket holders, that's probably all you're going to be able to get in there. You know, that's probably going to be the majority of it. Mm. Um, there's a lot of money lost there. Uh, a lot of money lost in yeah, just in different areas. But the one good thing is, if say if Conference USA went to a conference only schedule, at least maybe you can get you you could technically get twelve games out of your conference opponents. Right. Uh, Ten, eleven games, maybe only down one or two games a year. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do to create. If if everybody goes to a conference only schedule. How are they going to do that conference-only schedule? How are they going to do the result? It's going to be it, – this is unprecedented. So, really, conferences are going by the seat of their pants right now. Right. Luke, you know, you and I have been talking about this. Uh, Southern Miss could lose $1.8 million at the Auburn game, another 500000 uh, at the Liberty game. But what we really haven't talked about on top of that, Luke, and then we'll get Heath's opinion about this as well, you got to figure – that attendance is going to be lower than normal for everybody because you're just going to have people who are simply not going to go to a football game uh, with COVID numbers the way they are right now. Uh, when you add all of those factors in, Luke Johnson, uh, to you first, what what does Southern Miss do? It's it's hard because your first three games you would lose two of the first three games or three home games and so if you go to a, a non conference or a conference only schedule, you lose two home games. So Southern Miss uh, is only looking at four home games. You're looking at a considerable maybe a third of those because the university limits who gets in or people don't show up. Um, that that Auburn check will hurt greatly. Uh, I still think that uh, you know Liberty would be incentivized to stay on the schedule uh, because th- that's a home game for for them. Uh, we, I don't know. He comment on this. It seems like it would be the group of fives in their best interest to not go to a conference only schedule simply to uh, a keep the, the home games that they would have and b. Uh, you know, if you got independence on the schedule like Liberty, that's guaranteed income for you. Sure, it would be. And maybe you will see a group of five set up and, and play themselves and not go to a conference-only schedule. If that was to happen, that's kind of that scary route to where you have two divisions in the NCAA because if it works really well, I can see everybody. You look at the future, if it works really well, you can see maybe the – Power Five's even discussing more about splitting off, but that's a that's a different subject. But yeah, I do agree with you, Luke. I think that the group of fives could stand together and say, "Look, we're going to play each other, and let's work together." And these schools that have these holes in their schedule because they're not playing the Power Five because they're going conference only, let's uh, let's work together to make some really good matchups in that situation. So. I think you could see it happening. I really do. Bob, and, and so in that case, because you open with South Alabama, you would keep a home game. I don't know what happens with the Jackson State. I mean, I think it's in Southern Miss's best interest to lobby Conference USA to not follow like that. Yeah, you're going to lose 1.8 possibly if the SEC goes that route, but you're going to keep 
high attendance games like South Alabama, you're going to keep probably the highest attended game, uh, even with limited uh, with Jackson State. So it's in your best interest to tell Conference USA, no, we don't want to go to that. And you would think the great majority of Conference USA teams wouldn't want to go to that either, because if you do, you're just leaving money out on the table that you could possibly have in your pocket. Right, I agree. Heath, uh, do you have you gotten any word from Southern Miss as uh, as to how they would limit seating? Should there be a South Alabama and a Jackson game? Any idea of what they think would be a safe number of people to allow in the stadium? Sure. it's uh, The number's right around 10,600 if you do social distancing right. And when I spoke to Jeremy McLean, he had talked to me about, uh, look, they want to keep the band in there. They They want to keep the band, and that's bringing the band in. And then not only that, students, uh, they take a fee out of the students' uh, uh, there's a student fee every year they take out of their tuition that goes to athletics. The Southern Miss really needs that money, so they'll have to set a certain number for students and uh, the student section, but still social distancing. So there were, I was told the number is right around 10,600, and when you look at the number of seats uh, the Rock have, if you, if you actually uh, do the math and, and look at the season ticket holders, which is right around uh, nine thousand, some eighty-five to nine thousand. Uh, you're looking at about ten six with yeah. the <clears throat> with season ticket holders, student and band. Now that's what you would be able to get in the stadium. Would that include that couple we always see right by themselves up in the corner of section MM making out? Are they going to be allowed in every game? I think it's tradition they should, sir. It's a pure tradition right. at this point. Just let them in. Just just say, go ahead, guys. Just go on up there. Tradition. That's great, Heath. That is exactly what it is. It's a, it is a Southern Miss football tradition, isn't it, friend? It is. It is. Almost like uh, two bits back in the day. You know, there's just some things that are purely Southern Miss. And the Look. corner of MM making out that is tradition. No, MM's MM's the good seats. MM's the fifty yard line. I'm, I'm, it's, oh, I'm sorry. It's double A, double A in the I'm east side yeah, of the stadium in the top left hand corner on an afternoon when they're directly in the sunlight. There's always a smart aleck that sits up there by themselves. It's like they want to sit up there. It's like no, oh, it's a daddy man. telling his son, "No, son, this is our seat. We're going to sit in our seat on this day. We're not going to." break the rules and you're just like bro you can sit anywhere from the 20 to the 20 but no you're going to sit five yards deep in the end zone up in aa have at it and, and, and you sit up there with those steep seats so you're yeah. probably dehydrated because of all the right. liquid you lost because the sun's burned down on you then you got to walk down that, that, they're really it's really a uh, feat of strength and balance oh, oh, and um just even get up there. All right, Heath, hang on. We're going to keep you another segment. Heath Hinton, okay. Big Gold Nation on the Eagle Hour. <laughs> A Southern Miss tradition. We'll be right back. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Tuesday, third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Located at 2505 4th Street, just on the other side of Highway 49 across 49 from the University of Southern Mississippi. You missed out on a good one today, Bob. Hamburger, steak, rice mm. and gravy, lima beans, toast, and a drink. And it's only eight ninety-five, and that happens every single day. 
at 4th Street Bar and Grill, also offering a grilled chicken ranch sandwich, mm. as well as their famous oyster po' boy. You can always call in ahead of time, uh, 601-336-8386, uh, for a carryout. That's the eight ninety five lunch every day at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. We continue with Heath Hinton, who is uh, recovering well from a, a surgery he had uh, a few months back. He is uh, the proprietor. That's a fancy word for he does all the work at Big Gold Nation. And uh, we continue with him. Heath, uh, big news yesterday. The NJCAA postpones fall sports to spring. The National Junior College Athletic Association officially announced yesterday that it would move all fall sports, with the exception of cross country and half marathon championships, to the spring. That means that football, men and women's soccer, Soccer, volleyball, all moved. Uh, Mississippi being the, uh, we live in the free state of Jones, but it was like the free state of Mississippi yesterday. The MACC, which is the Mississippi, uh, basically the Mississippi Community Colleges, sent this out on Twitter yesterday. The Region 23 representative to the NJCAA Board of Regents, upon the recommendation of MACC presidents, voted to abstain on the final vote regarding moving most sports to spring. While we are concerned about the health and safety of our student-athletes, we believe they are best served by waiting for other conferences and organizations to make a final decision. Heath Hinton, Mississippi, going rogue. Still a possibility of football, junior college football, junior college soccer, and other sports this fall in Mississippi. Yeah, guys, it seems like the Mississippi uh – almost was saying, hey, let's hold up. We've got kids in our junior college system that want to play at these, um, you know, FBS uh, universities and are getting recruited. If we move this to spring, how much is that going to cut back on uh, kids getting recruited or being able to sign with uh, these schools? Because remember now, a lot of kids that come that come from junior college to – formerly D1, FBS, uh, a lot of them transfer in winter. And also, you got to think about this, they're going to be off football for a year and a half, too, if they right. if they decide to wait till spring. That's, that's tough. That's tough. Um, I, don't, I think Mississippi just sit back and goes, oh, let's see what happens. Let's see which way the wind blows. Let's see how many colleges start back up and uh, – then we'll go from there because I do really believe that Mississippi probably looked out for the students better than it, when it comes to yeah. advancing to to college than than others. And and another aspect to it is they've Mac Jack had already announced um, the fact that the season would lose a game. So September 10th is when you would start. October 29th is when you'd finish. I think there could be, you know, a little pressure on the Mississippi Junior Colleges because they're so well networked and connected. Uh, you know, the guys in the SEC or even Group of Five schools, they expect these these MacJack schools to be training grounds and and places where their future players will be, uh, you know, developed. That disappears with a fall season. And our good friend Josh West, who's who's got his ear to the ground a lot, he's the yeah. voice of a Holmes football. He tweeted this out yesterday: the Mag Jack could possibly go independent in football. How much of a, a possibility is that, Heath? I think it's a real big possibility because let's be honest, uh, Mississippi JUCO is the best JUCO football in the nation, and you know, more times than not, 
the national champion is decided with the Mississippi championship. Um, I think that's a very strong case that they could go rogue and play their, you know, just play the regular season and maybe start it later, maybe not finish till December. Um, what is the playoff schedule? I believe there's, what, two games in the playoffs? I mean, you're looking yep. at uh, Mississippi could start later in the year and go all the way to December and play JUCO, and then those kids still can transfer at the, uh, at the fall break. Well, Heath, with Mississippi, and I don't mean to be the devil's advocate here, but with Mississippi being one of the probably the four or five states in the country right now experiencing the worst spike in this virus, if if that trend continues, do you think they would still do that in, in the face of something like this? I, I don't think they would. I don't. But I think if there is a let-up, and there is a uh, not a break, but there is a decline in the number of people getting sick. I think, yeah, I think they want to wait till August. Mm-hmm. I think they want to wait till August to see what happens. That gives them three weeks. So you think and their objective can, is to wait and kind of see how this thing plays out for another couple three weeks? Sure, sure. Yeah. I think you want to give yourself time. You want to see the trend. What's What's the number of infected in the state? Uh, what are the fatality numbers? Let's get a, let's give it a little more time and see what happens. All right, I'm gonna put you on the spot, Heath. Is that okay? Yeah, go ahead. You have your ear to the grindstone every day at Southern Miss, uh, far more, far more than we do. So I'm gonna ask you a question that that we haven't brought up on this show, but I I think it's a fair question, and I'm curious to get your response. We see so much protesting going on around in the country, and there's so much unrest in the country. Assuming that Southern Miss plays football, would you think that Southern Miss fans would see any any protesting of the national anthem by Southern Miss athletes, or do you think that's something that you would not expect to see here uh, at, at a school like a USM? I would not expect to see it. I wouldn't, uh, knowing Jay Hobson, his makeup, I, I don't think you would see that. I, I don't think you would see that at all. I think they would keep the kids in, you know, the kids don't come out for the anthem anyway. They're in the locker room. So it's kind of hard to protest, to make a public protest when you're in the locker room. Right. So That's unless right. they do something totally different, I, I don't see, I don't see that happening in colleges and, you know, that may be something that the NFL could do, all sports, keep teams off the field till the National Anthem's played. I think you just solved the problem for the National Football League right here on the Eagle Hour. Why in the world doesn't the NFL just do that? And that brings an end to this. Because the players' union has a lot of power, and uh, they, want, they want to be out there for the anthem. I will say this, the NFL's playing two different anthems now. And I think if you see everybody stand up for one anthem and kneel for the other, I think that that's a bad look for the NFL, and I think you're going to have issues with people turning the TV off. I think you're right. You know, I'm sure you know who Jason Whitlock is. And Jason Whitlock, oh, yeah. I, I heard him last week say, picture this, you have a black national anthem and all the athletes, this is the NFL, all the athletes are standing. Then you play the American national anthem and all the athletes kneel. The NFL would never be seen in the in the same light again by half the country. You agree with that? No, 
Oh, I do. I totally agree with that. I, I think people would, you know, it's a issue of, you know, people, it's a issue of, you know, when people see it with their eyes, mm-hmm. that's going to really affect a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this country divided down the line 50-50. And if the NFL loses 50% of their audience, it's yeah. going to be tough on the NFL. Yeah. And, uh, Say what you will, whatever your opinion is about the protest, whatever, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the nation as a whole. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the NFL is going down a bad path. I think the NBA is doing that, too. I think the NBA is trying to you know, make some people yeah. happy, but I think they're going to make a lot of people not happy. And uh, it's, it's sad. I'll, I'll tell you I what, just I'll hate tell you what I'm trying to do this today, sports. I'll tell you what I tried to do yesterday. I tried to go on the NBA's website. Not that I wanted to order one, but I went to the custom jersey shop. And I tried to put free Hong Kong on the back of a specialized NBA jersey. I was told that I could not put that message on the back. Well, that's because all the money they get Everything you need to know. Everything you need to know about the NBA. There it is right there. It's all about money. I I actually saw an article this morning, uh, and it was the group Jason Whitlock is with, and they refer to them as the National Beijing League. I mean, they have an image problem, uh, no question. Well, look, I'm, gl- I'm glad to hear you say that about kids here. Uh, you know, I, I certainly endorse their right to speak their minds, and, and, and I wholeheartedly do. But I, I'm one of the old guys, uh, Heath. I, I just think sports and politics ought to be separate, and sports ought to be your escape from politics. Amen uh, for, you know, on Saturdays and Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays. Right. I want to watch football and not think about what's going on in the world. I agree. And I that's agree. what, you know, a majority of people in the United States do. That's why we love sports. Right. And to mix politics with it, you're just, it, it, it's worse. And I think just keep them separate, guys. Keep them separate. You got your own personal platform, use it. There you go. And well, I also think somehow we've, we've lost the idea of what an owner and employee is somehow in this country. Correct, I don't know. Correct. Most important is that you're doing well. We're glad you're back. We want to get you on the show on a regular basis now that you're back. And uh, we're just glad you're doing so good, young man. And uh, we'll look forward to talk to you again soon. Thank you. And thank you for everybody out there for your thoughts and prayers. And once again, Luke, appreciate all you've done, buddy. Yeah, hey, thank you. Keith Hinton, everybody. Big Gold Nation. Luke and I will be back. Wrap up the Eagle Hour after this. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour on a Tuesday. Greatly appreciate Heath Hinton for joining us, his insight, and so grateful and thankful that he is uh, doing better. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located online, toyotahattiesburg.com, and on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. You can go on their website, search all of their vehicles, value your trade, secure financing, and uh, just get you a little... uh, Sneak peek of what they've got on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg and go pick out your next ride with Toyota 
of Hattiesburg, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss football placing 11 on the Phil Steel Magazine All-Conference USA preseason teams. First team honors included Tim Jones, a wide receiver, defensive back Kyle Embi, uh, Jalen Adams, who is a wide receiver but is first team kick returner, uh, also, Arvin Fletcher on O-line, Jacquez Turner on defensive line, Rashawn Mitchell at DB, and Andrew Stein uh, the uh, had a really good freshman year at kicker for uh, the Golden Eagles. Jack Abraham, also a third-team selection on Phil Steele. Uh, a name that came uh, to Hattiesburg this past season, Deion Sanders' son, Shadur Sanders, uh, a quarterback out of, uh, I believe he's in, in Texas, yes, Cedar Hill, Texas, uh, pretty good third overall quarterback, according to ESPN.com, at, in, in the state of Texas, eighth in his position. Has made a commitment, Bob. He will not be coming to Southern Miss. He won't even be going to a Power 5 school. Oh. Shador Sanders committing to Conference USA East team, Florida Atlantic. Yeah, and check this out, Luke. He had offers from Alabama, Florida, Florida State, Georgia, LSU, Michigan, Oregon State, Tennessee, Southern Miss, other schools, and he picks FAU. He joins Michael Irving's son at FAU. FAU really has been mopping up on the recruiting trail. The inside scoop is, you know, Willie Taggart, who was the coach at Florida State, is now the head coach at FAU. There's some ties there with Deion Sanders. Heath off the air was was telling us some of those things. Bob, Deion has done a pretty good job trying to you know shelter and mature Shador to his credit, and maybe doesn't want the Power Five spotlight to be on his son. Maybe he believes he's not ready for that. But Heath brought up a good point. He said, you know, don't be surprised if maybe Deion Sanders is an assistant coach at Florida Atlantic next year or the year after that. And I certainly think that's a, that's a possibility. But Shadur Sanders committing to the Florida Atlantic Owls. And you got Frank Gore Jr. coming here. So you've got the sons of two NFL Hall of Famers at Florida State and the son of a future Hall of Famer. Uh, right here in Hattiesburg, uh, so those those pretty bright nights uh, for uh, for Conference USA. It is, and and it just it helps you know the other high school players out there that maybe come from good lineage or maybe are are good and and uh, look and see that those guys are choosing that. I saw an interesting tweet from uh, Frank Gore Jr. a little earlier, and this is what you like. We talked to Akeem Davis uh, last week and talked about the competition that's going to be at the running back position with Don Ragsdale coming in from the JUCO ranks uh, with uh, Travinsky Mosley and Steven Anderson and Perkins and D. Baker. Frank Gore Jr. tweeting out uh, yesterday, if it's competition, that's why I'm here. So really like that that true freshman. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little Hanford Dixon conversation may go on. Yeah. You, you remember that story, Bob? We talked about Hanford walked in as a true freshman and said, "All right, I'm a, I'm starting. Which of you other three guys is going to start with me?" I'm, I couldn't imagine a true freshman being that cocky, but you want people like that on your football team, right? Well, this kid comes from a father who who's probably taught him an awful lot about confidence and hard work. His dad's probably the hardest working running back in the NFL, thus the reason he's still playing. So you know that lineage can't be anything but good in most cases. Am I right? Yeah, it, it is. Frank's a, Frank Jr. is a, a little smaller than than Frank uh, Senior. Uh, Frank Senior's speed never, you know, was uh, we would call elite. He's just 
you, you feel like the dude gets a new set of tires every three years, but, man, he's been running on the same set. There's a whole lot of tread. That's like a two-million-mile warranty on yeah. what he's done. Slowly making his way, and now what, top five all-time in right. history no in question. the NFL? And, I mean, I get excited because here's the thing. You may have a kid out there, um, You say, say Frank Gore retires after this year. You know, you know he's going to come to Hattiesburg, maybe even on an off week this year. But let, let's say you got a kid down there. Um, he's getting recruited. Uh, he, he's got Southern Miss as one of those teams. Dude, he sees Frank Gore standing on the sidelines watching his son play out on the field. Yeah, it, there's a whole lot better chance he's coming to Southern Miss. Oh, well, picture this. When, uh, when FAU plays USM this year, you could see Frank Gore on the sidelines. You could look across the field and see uh, Michael Irvin and Deion Sanders. <laughs> That's not something you're going to see every day. Am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Shador, Shador will be there next fall. He's, he's, he'll be a senior this fall. But you're right. Michael, Ir, Michael Irwin, um, Irvin Jr. is a graduate transfer, and he will be on those sidelines. So when Southern Miss hopefully plays FAU at home, there might be a, several NFL types. There you go. Well, that wraps it up. I want to thank DBAT and D1 uh, Training Facilities for sponsoring the Eagle Hour as well. State-of-the-art training facilities for softball, baseball, and all sports really over on the D1 side. Go check it out. If you got an athlete in your family or you yourself are one, you just won't find a finer facility anywhere in the country. We're glad to have them in the Eagle Hour family. All right, that wraps up the show today. Luke and I will both be back tomorrow. And until then, everyone, Southern Miss to the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.